Support for this podcast comes from PulseM. PulseM is the number one review generation platform built for home services. The majority of SGI members use PulseM for Google reviews, customer communication through text messaging, and much more. For more information, please visit pulsem.me. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hey there, podcast listeners. I'm incredibly excited to bring you an interview with Greg Sheck of GNC Plumbing in suburban Boston. You know, I say to contractors all the time, success is how you define it. Too often, people in our industry believe to be successful, it requires you to have 50 trucks in the road or do $50 million in revenue. And I'm here to tell you, that's just not the case. And look no further than Greg Sheck and his family business, GNC Plumbing. In 2020, GNC Plumbing's revenue jumped from $1.6 million to $1.85. So a good, a good increase. But here's the staggering statistic. The company also increased its net profit from 11% to 24%. So I'm guessing you're probably better at math than I am. So you can figure out quickly just how much money that is. But my calculator said that's a whole lot to hit your bottom line, especially with just four trucks in the road. So in my eyes, Greg and GNC Plumbing are a massive success story. Uh, and they have their eyes on growing to 10 trucks sooner than later and, and doing exceptionally well at that larger uh, number of trucks. So friends, in the second half of my chat with Greg, we really dive deeper into just how he boosted his net profits by 13% in one year. And I'm here to tell you, you can do the exact same things he did. So I hope you enjoy the entire conversation with Greg Sheck, but definitely listen to the second half because I know you'll take away a nugget or two. Greg, thank you so very much for all your time today. I'm very excited to talk to you. Um, for those listening, if you would, would you please uh, introduce yourself? Give us your your name, your company name, and where you're located. Uh, so my name is Greg Sheck. Uh, the name of the company is GNC Plumbing and Heating, mm-hmm. and we're located in Bellingham, Massachusetts. Bellingham, Mass. So that is uh, it's like a is it kind of a suburban sprawl of Boston? Correct. Very yep. good. Very good. And and we are talking to you for very good reason. You had a stellar 2020 and uh, from what I understand, also a very good start to 2021. Uh, maybe share with everyone what your your goal was last year and what you guys did in terms of uh, revenue and profit. So our goal for the year, um, we wanted to do around $1.6 million. Um, and we ended up doing 1.85. That's awesome. And I wasn't really focused on the top line. I was more focused on the bottom line, getting my net profit up. Right. So we went from 11% net profit to a little over 24% net profit. 24%. That is phenomenal. So very excited to talk to you about what you did to get to that that kind of number that is incredible i know uh, we're, we're excited when we hear 15 so you should be very proud of that i'm sure you are uh you've also just moved into a new building right i forgot to ask you about that before the interview started i thought missy indicated that is that accurate we did we uh we moved out of my house out of the basement and yeah. we bought a a property it's actually 
six and a half acres and it actually has two commercial buildings on it. That's great. Congratulations. When did, are you guys uh, fully moved in? We are. Yep. We moved in. We, we bought it the end of July, 2020. Uh-huh. And yeah, we just, all my guys, I got nine guys and um, yeah, we, we moved in pretty much over one weekend. Uh, everyone volunteered and uh, yeah i mean it's an ongoing project we're slowly fixing it up and get it the way we want it and stuff painting it our colors and you know that type of stuff but yeah it was pretty much move-in ready um that's great. Good for you guys. That's great. And, and now that you mentioned your guys, let's let's talk. Let's let's uh, let's give everyone some credit here. Let's talk about your team. Uh, who who do you have working with you in the office? Let's let's talk about that. Who's everyone there? So um, in the office side, we're pretty much a family business. Mm-hmm. It's it's myself, my wife Christine, right? My son Brandon, very good. My daughter Taylor. And we just hired my sister-in-law, Patty. Very good. Now, what is what do each of them do so everyone knows? So my wife basically um, does more of the admin. She tracks all the guys' revenue, um, takes care of QuickBooks, that type of stuff. Yep. Uh, my daughter, is, Taylor, is a CSR. Okay. Um, she answers the phones, and she keeps track of club memberships. And, Very good. Amongst other things, and Patty, we hired her as a CSR, and um, you know she's still in training. She's only been with us about three months now, um, but she's doing great. Yeah, she's already answering all the phone calls by herself, booking, scheduling all the all the guys' jobs and everything. So yeah, she's picking up quick. Awesome. What's your, what's your son do again? My son actually is vice president. Uh-huh. He does a lot of stuff. So um, as pod owner, his job is to do whatever it takes. Yeah, that's great. And he-, um, <laughs> he actually, right now, he's also a tech. Okay. Um, you know, he did his apprenticeship. He got his journeyman's license, um, which is which is phenomenal because he didn't actually start until he got his business degree from college. Okay. So, um, yeah, so he handles a lot of the marketing and advertising, um, you know, when he's not out in the truck doing actual service calls. So, yeah, he's got a full plate. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's good. He's getting getting the feel of both sides of the business, right, in the field and in the office. Uh, How about the field team? You've got four four trucks currently? I have four trucks, yep. So I have um, four licensed plumbers, my son being one of them. Uh, not including myself because right. I'm not in a truck anymore. Right. Um, and um, three apprentices. That's great. That's great. So yeah, you're growing them up because I know licensing is not uh, something easy in your area, correct? Correct. Yeah, they they have to apprentice for five years. Wow. Man. Um, they also have to do um, five years coincide with schooling too. They have to do 110 hours per year uh, for each of the five years. You guys should should be called doctors, the doctors of plumbing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so that's that's it's a, it's quite the commitment because I know it's not it's certainly not that strenuous in other parts of the country. So, um, well, that's great. I wanted to be sure to uh, to recognize everyone because it, it's certainly a team effort to accomplish as much as you guys uh, have accomplished. So uh, before we dig into the nuts and bolts of uh, all the fun operational stuff that that has made you guys successful, I always enjoy. Uh, 
learning people's histories and their stories because it, it, I think you can learn much from that as well. Uh, great. Like I, I mentioned you off interview, uh, your website was very detailed, so it was great. It gave me some, some talking points about your background. Uh, you started in the trade in uh, while working in high school, right, in 1985? I did. Yep, correct. What, what drew you into plumbing? My brother-in-law was a plumber. Okay. Well, he <laughs> my was doing pretty good. You're like, I think I could do that. Yeah, my sister's boyfriend at the time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what drew me in was, you know, I, I was pumping gas part-time uh-huh. uh, to make some uh, extra money. And he asked me if I wanted to be a plumber. I had no idea what a plumber did, but it uh, paid 50 cents an hour more than the gas station. So I said, hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, you could be owning a gas station now had that not happened, you know, maybe. <laughs> so you worked, uh, you worked for one company, right, for about 14 years or so? I did, yep. Okay. And then you and Christine, uh, the, the G and the C, decided, you know what, we're, we're going to make a go of this on our own, right? What, what, why did you decide to, to go out on your own? What was the, the rationale behind that? Um, pretty much the same as everyone else. You know, you see things that your, your former company was doing wrong and, and thought that you could do better. Yeah. Um, my, my, the company I was at at the time was going in a different direction. Um, back then, um, condos were a big thing. Sure. So, you know, we were used to doing custom houses. Okay. And then he wanted to get away from that and do condos, which mm-hmm. I didn't really want to do. So right. he hired a ton of guys, um, most of them bad, uh-huh. <laughs> just to get bodies on the job. And I was responsible for training everybody and making sure all the work get done, yeah. which, you know, uh, put a pretty pretty big burden on me. Sure. Because he was hired you know, hiring unqualified guys and, uh, it just came to a head and, uh, we had a a blowout and I left and, um, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You figured if I'm going to put all this, this hard work and heartache into a business, it might as well be my own. So there you go. So you then, it sounds like you went the construction route then on your own. And and by the way, before we get too far far to that, what was Christine doing at that, at that point? Was she working somewhere else? Was she a homemaker? Yeah, she was, geez, back then I'd have to remember. She had a few different jobs. She worked at, um, she was a dietary aide. Okay. At um, a state school. Okay. Um, and then she actually was the manager of a cafeteria of one of the local uh, middle schools. Oh, okay. Very cool. For quite a number of years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That was her last, most recent job yeah. before she actually full-time started with Gene. It was a demanding job, and she had to lift a lot of heavy trays and stuff like yeah. that. So she was really getting back problems and had... You know, she'd have to come home and lay on the heating pad after work. Oh, man, yeah. And I just said, this ain't worth it. I'm like, I'll pay you just as much money to stay home and answer the phones. And and literally, that's kind of the start of it. Um, There you go. That's funny. Okay. Hey, so so all of a sudden, uh, you know, GNC is in business, and that was in 2005? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And now, sorry, back to my, my question before I veered off that. You you went into construction, right? Because that's what you had been in. 
that's what I had, you know, grew up in the trade as. Like, right. everyone did new construction. Like, I worked for two or three different companies for a year or two, and everyone did new construction. Right. No one no one did service. Mm-hmm. No one did residential service. Uh-huh. Was we that always the side work? Stuff. Like, if you did residential service, you did that on a Saturday, your off day to make a few extra bucks. Uh, there, that, that was more the thing back then? Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So what? Let's talk about this. So let's see. It looks like in 2009. Is that when you decided to kind of shift more towards residential? Do I have that? that I correct? did. 2008, 2009, when the financial crisis hit, right. uh, I actually had five builders that I was doing some pretty big custom houses for. They all filed bankruptcy on me at all the same time. And they left me holding the bag for about 200 grand. Oh, man. Yeah, and, you know, so me being the the honest guy that I am, I I chose not to file bankruptcy myself. And, you know, because I still, you know, hold all the supply houses for the stock and and all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that took a few years to dig out of the hole, and I, you know, I sat down and I, you know, didn't really know at the time how to read my profit and loss. Yeah. But the one thing I could point out was I lost two hundred grand working for builders. Yeah. But on the residential service side, which I didn't do much of, only one homeowner stiffed me for sixty-seven dollars. <laughs> so you were doing, uh, you were sending bills out to homeowners back then. Yep. Ah, okay. There's... Very, very few though. Like at yeah. the at the time, it was mostly new construction. Yeah. But I did you know, like I did everything. Yeah. Like I didn't turn down anyone. Sure. Sure. And if I got a call, I went and did, no matter what it was. Right. So, so just looking at that, I'm like, okay, well, why would I want to keep doing new construction? Yeah. And possibly lose this much money when I can just do service work and. It's you know the the risk reward is is so much more in balance yep. than doing new construction for sure. But here you are. It's it's you know the 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 Great Recession. You you're you're essentially closing one business, focusing yep. on another. Everyone money's tight everywhere, and here you are again, starting a new discipline. How did you do it? How did you keep finding work for yourself? And I guess it was just was it just you at that time? You know, everyone it was else just was, me, yeah. Because yeah. um, my son, I want to say at that time, he I think two I think he graduated in two thousand ten from high school, and then he went to college. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was pretty much by myself. Um, I did have another kid that was a helper. He didn't know much. He basically just carried stuff. Um, <laughs> and I'm being honest. Yeah, um, sure. He was a good kid. He didn't drink or do drugs, and he showed up every day. There he wasn't go. the brightest bulb on the tree, but you know, <laughs> I, I considered it a win because yeah. he didn't because he didn't drink and he didn't do drugs, and he showed up every day. And that's I mean, back then, yeah. that that's literally all you. That's how simple it was to get a job back then. Right, right. Well, it makes interviews faster that way. no all right so but again all right so here we are it's you and basically you know a helper you got to start you know you got to find calls you got to find business was it just all word of mouth is it just it just kept snowballing yeah it was all word of mouth i i honestly um 
you know, I think at the time I might have been doing Angie's List, which at that time, I will say Angie's List was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I never really... We won't get into that, but I never really did any anything else, really. Like, I didn't do Google. I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about Google. I didn't know anything about pay-per-click. I didn't, you know, LSA wasn't a thing back then. Oh, right, right. For sure. Yeah, no. So it was basically, yeah, put an ad in, uh, you know, the paper, the local paper once in a while when I could afford it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, most, almost all of it was, was word of mouth, like, mm-hmm. I would actually pay my helper on the weekends to go to the local shopping, you know, Home Depot or the local grocery store and just put business cards on everybody's windshield. There you go. Yeah, you just got to make it happen. You have to make it happen. You know, and yeah, I did a lot of mailers, too. I spent a lot of the money I made just doing, like, direct mail yeah. at the time. I mean, I didn't even, I just, I wrote a letter up myself. I printed it at home. Yeah. You know, uh, I paid my daughter, like, you know, a, a bucket envelope or something. I forget. <laughs> yeah. It was something crazy just to sit there and, and fold and stuff envelopes with a business card and, you know, yeah. put stamps on them. And yeah. Address. And that's actually one of the jobs that I paid my son to do when he was in college. He went through all the local phone books and he would print out labels Is on on his um, laptop uh-huh. and, and email him to me. <laughs> you, yeah, no. It was it was a family affair even back then. Yeah, even when he was away at college, he still had a, a hand in it for you know extra beer money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what's happening in college, of course. Um, oh yeah. So okay, so let's see. So you you know you make this 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 shift in two thousand nine. According to the records I have, you you met up with us in twenty seventeen. Talk about those uh, those eight years or so. Did business just progress slowly, or were you kind of on your own for a while and in a truck by yourself for a while? Or yeah, let's start. Uh, with you guys? Was in, yeah, I pretty much was in a truck that whole entire time. Uh huh. Um, you know, when my son was on break from college, I mean, obviously when, when he graduated in, in 2014 from college, then he was with me full time, Yeah. you know, but in, in, at the time we thought we were doing good. Don't get me wrong. I, I've heard a lot of story, SGI stories from other people that were a lot worse off sure. than we were. Sure. Um, you know, we, we weren't by any means killing it. I had no idea at the time what net profit was. Yeah. And it, and honestly, I wasn't even collecting a paycheck. It was just, hey, whatever bills would do, you write it out of the, the checking. company account, and yeah. uh, you know, just like everybody else is doing. Yeah. Um, well, hey, you still don't 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 knock yourself short. Starting off, basically, a, a new division, two hundred k in a hole, is not what you would call an optimal way to start a new you know a new a new division so you certainly uh you made it work um i've heard i've heard worse but that's pretty good that's a pretty good chunk of change you have to pay back and and also support yourself and the family so that's something else um so what so let's say so in 2017 where were you before just you know meeting up with us and joining SGI what what did the company look like at that point was it just you in another truck or or was it pretty much yeah, just you? so yeah, it, no it was just still still one truck me yeah. and my son in one truck when okay. we joined SGI my wife still answering the phone yeah and we were doing 
you know, probably 10 jobs a day. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, no, you know, not taking any breaks from lunch, getting home at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, we're typically not making any money because we were charging by the hour and there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it came to the point where my son just looked at me and said, dad, I, I, I don't think I want to do this Yeah, sure. for the rest of my life. Right. Like, Literally, he said, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long day. I mean, 10 jobs a day is a ton of jobs in a day. So I, I get it. You're just grinding. You're grinding. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, 100 here, 100 there. Like I said, I mean, at the time, we thought we were doing good because, to be honest with you, I probably was a little higher priced than any other time material plumber in my area. So by all accounts, I thought it was doing great. Yeah. Yeah, sure, for sure. You know, because you don't know what you don't, don't know. know. Exactly. So how did you find out about SGI? Did we find you or did you find us? A little bit of both. That's a funny story, too. So, you know, there's an electrician down the street from me, uh, Laughlin Electric, Jimmy okay. Laughlin. Okay, yeah. And we're, we're about the same size. It was him and his brother. And about, you know, one truck and you know, same time it was me and my son in one truck. And then, you know, by the time my son joined me and then a couple of years later, you know, all of a sudden Jimmy's got, you know, five trucks <laughs> and, and this and that. And I'm like, and, and I knew my son was friends with his son. Uh -huh. My son would go over his house and they would hang out and play video games and all that stuff. Yeah. I said, hey, that's kind of your over there if, if, uh, Jimmy's over there, you know, ask him what he did. How did he get from one truck to five trucks? Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and literally, he told me, he said, I joined SGI. That's and I said, SGI? What the hell is that? Said, yeah. that. <laughs> and, and it was funny because I came home and I have this little cardboard box next to my desk that I throw all the junk mail in. Yeah. And I said, I've heard of SGI, so I went flipping through that, and I found a direct mail flyer from SGI for a profit day. That's funny. <laughs> it was. It was, like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, um, I put it on the schedule to go. Okay, so yeah. it hadn't expired, I, so the event had not happened. You were able to go. The event did not happen, luckily. They, it was in New Hampshire. It was about two and a half hours away oh, from man, two and so a half hours it's, drive. Yeah, it's even close. All right, good. Yeah, so I didn't have to jump, you know, jump on a plane or anything crazy like that. So that was actually one of the determinative factors for me to go is that it wasn't that far away. Sure, sure. Um, and, and and then in the meantime, I, you know, I'm Googling SGI, right. this and that, everything else. And, and, you know, there isn't a lot of information. Well, at the time there wasn't. I don't know about now. I haven't Googled SGI in a while. <laughs> but uh, I just go right on the hub now, anything I want That's to right. know. That's right. Um, but yeah, I had no idea how much it cost or anything like that, you yeah. know. And, and Jimmy warned me it was a little bit, you know, pricey. Yeah. Um, so I had already made the decision that I wasn't going to join before I even went to profit day because I, I convinced myself it was too expensive. Okay, okay. So, but I forgot to take it off the schedule. So that day came and we did no work. Okay. So I said, well, let's take a drive to New Hampshire. I said, if anything, they get free lunch. So we get free lunch <laughs> let's go see what it's about. Yeah, holy cow. You know, so, and, and I'll be the first one to admit my son was more of an optimist 
than I was. I was going into it with the notion that I was not going to join. It was too expensive. I couldn't afford it. Sure. You know, so, and I want to say, I want to say it was Patrick at the time that was doing probably the profit day. Yep. And, and um, you know, a couple hours into it, and by the way, I walked into the room and there was only one other person in the room. Oh, wow. Okay. And I said, oh, great. This is going to be great. I'm like, we're the only ones here. I'm like, we're the only, su- we're the only suckers, suckers here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're the only suckers that took the bait. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, so we started going over everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, I kind of liked a little bit of what he had to say, but I, I wasn't really impressed. Yeah. Until... Until he pulled out a simple piece of paper and it had a bunch of random numbers on it. Yeah. And he said, okay. He goes, this is what we're going to do. You're going to start at one and you're going to find as many numbers as you can in order in 20 seconds. Okay. So I said, okay, great. So me and my son are sitting there, you know, he's like, ready, go. So I went, I found like eight. My son found like 11. Mm Mm-hmm. So he says, okay, now, he goes, we're going to do the same thing. He said, but this time, I want you to fold the paper in half and then fold the paper in half again. Mm-hmm. He goes, now you get four quadrants. He says, you got quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, quadrant four. He goes, what if I was to tell you that number one is in quadrant one, the number two is in quadrant two, the number three is in quadrant three, and so on. Mm-hmm. And now let's do the same thing. And I'll give you the same 20 seconds. So now we do it. And I found like 20 numbers in a row in Mm. the same time period. Mm -hmm. And son found like 30. Yeah. In the same amount of time, in the same 20 seconds. Yeah. And he simply said, he says, that's what SGI does for you. Mm. It's a formula. It's a business formula. And we just show you and teach you how to run your business. It's yeah. not something. Yeah. If you follow, if you know the formula, it works. Yeah. I pulled my credit card out of my pocket. I said, Sign <laughs> up. I'm like, you don't even have to. You don't even have to spend the rest of the day. You don't even have to give me lunch. Yeah. Sign me up. You're ready. That's great. You know, and it sounds so stupid that some a little exercise that simple, but literally that's how simple it was. Yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I mean if. If that's how simple it is, yeah, I'm willing to try. Exactly. I'm willing to try it out. Well, he, he opened your mind. You kind of went cl- with a little closed-minded, like, no way I'm going to do this, and, and it, he kind of yes. got you to, to open up a bit, and it resonated. And good. I'm glad, and obviously, we're all glad it did. So so you, you join at EP, or you, excuse me, you join a pro- the Profit Day meeting there, uh, the intimate one, that small one, and then you, you go to EP, uh, let's see, 2017. So it was in Dallas. We had moved to Dallas at that point, correct? We were actually the first class. We were the first ones in the new building. Oh, okay. Very yep, good. We were, so, so our password is success one. Success one. I like it. I like it. Yep. So we were the first group in the new in the new place. Very the cool. New very cool. So what did you think of that week? What, what, did you and your son go both? Me, my son, and my wife. Okay, and Christine went too. All right. Literally the whole company. Yeah. Well, it's a big we commitment. We literally shut down for the week. Yeah. And what were your thoughts? Um, at first, it, adult, my thoughts leaving there was, wow, that was a long week. Yeah, <laughs> it is a long week. Um, it, it definitely is information overload. Yeah. Um, 
because they 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 just they they give you a lot of things that you just you don't know. Yeah, you just, you're not doing. Um, but one of the things that we did do the very first thing is so we never used to charge a service fee. Sure. Sure. Uh, so that's the first thing. Me and my son were sitting next to each other on the plane, and you know that's the first thing. It's like, hey, the very first call we get when we get, you know, get back home, we're gonna tell them that there's a, you know, forty nine dollars service fee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's so funny that you know, my wife's phone rang literally the minute we got off the plane. Oh yeah. And she got service again and it was a customer calling to book an appointment uh-huh. so me and Brandon are whispering in the background you better tell him about the $49 service <laughs> and she was scared she was scared oh, she was sure. like, oh, I, I don't but I'm like just do it yeah you know so she did it they didn't say anything yeah they booked the appointment and we we're like holy crap it worked <laughs> They weren't just making it up. That's funny. Yeah, yeah so that's good. You got a little bit of a uh, little bit of credibility right away. So let's let's chase that a little bit. So uh, you know, we talk. I always, I mean, I've talked to members for years and years about this. You leave EP and and the successful ones, the ones that do stuff, leave typically knowing a handful of things, two to three to five things they want to do right away. So you already said service fee. What? What were some other things you guys, the three of you, said, okay, we need to do this, this, and this? What were those? So the second thing was get away from time material and mm-hmm. use the straightforward pricing guide. Right, right. So we actually, I actually met with Missy before we even left. And oh, we sat right. down and figured out what book I should be in. And then she got permission for the printer to send me a PDF. Okay. Because I had already committed to, you know, buying everything, that all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so they literally emailed me the PDF of the book. It was nothing fancy. It was just generic. Yeah. I mean, I took it right, you know, as it as it comes. Didn't didn't waste any time changing anything or nothing. Yeah. I just wanted to get started. So right. I literally got home and I printed the book off my computer. And that literally that same exact service call. That we charged the first forty nine dollars. Yeah. I used I used the price book on. Good for it, you. It was actually a dishwasher and a gas stove. Okay. Okay. And normally, me and my son when we go, I I would take like, you know, I would take the hotter of the two. So you know, dishwasher a little bit hotter than gas gas dryers are. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at each other. I'm like, hey, I'm like, if we do this normal, we're gonna make. 175 bucks yeah. because I'm going to do the dishwasher. You're going to do the dryer. We're going to be out of here in an hour. Yeah. You know, I said, let's try it out of the book, out of the book. I think it was 275 for the dishwasher and 275 for the dryer. And we're like, no way she's going to pay us 500 bucks <laughs> to hook these up. There's just no way yeah. she already is paying us $49 just to come out. And I said, Hey, I said, what's the worst you going to say? No, exactly. You know, yeah. I'm like, if she says no, we can always say, okay, well, you know, how about if we take knock a hundred off or whatever? So we're out huddling, you know, beside the truck so she can't see us <laughs> trying to come up with a game plan. Yeah. You know, both of us sweating bullets because sure. we're nervous. 
Right. You know, which is good with that price. So we go back in and we're like, okay, dishwasher is going to be two seventy five. The gas dryer is going to be two seventy five plus the forty nine. Here you go. She said, okay. <laughs> we just looked at each other like we just worried about all that for that's, nothing. Yeah. She didn't even flinch. Flinch, yeah. <laughs> so and that's literally, great. that was the day that we knew that there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel like my son goes i can see a light at the end of the tunnel now he goes he goes now i want to be a plumber isn't that something yeah what a good story what a good story i got chills that's great you know that's yeah. when that when stuff stuff like that happens i mean you'll, you'll never forget that story so okay so you got immediate buy-in on a service fee immediate buy-in on a straightforward pricing same same person which by the way is remarkable that you can you can figure out that's the same person what what else what other things did you guys like did you have uniforms back then you know you hired higher price we talk about higher perceived value were you guys doing t-shirts so and we, jeans back then and, not, yep, we did not have uniforms. I yeah. mean, we had just our regular company T-shirts, black T-shirts with you know white lettering on it, GNC plumbing on the front and the back. Yep. Um, nothing fancy. I mean, me and my son always made sure that we had clean, clean jeans on. Yeah. You know, uh, but it was by you know nowhere near what you would call a uniform. Right. Um, but the, the the second thing we do is realize that you know we needed help. One of the things that we were still doing back then in 2017 is so I'm also a licensed general contractor in Massachusetts too. So we were doing a lot of bath, full bathroom remodels, oh. not just the plumbing. We were doing everything. Like I was the general contractor on the job. Yeah. So we would do it soup to nuts. Me and me and my son would go in there. We would. You know, demo the bathroom, gut it, um, do the plumbing, call call a licensed electrician in. Yeah. Me and him were actually sheetrock, insulating and sheetrock in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we would call a, a towel guy in to towel the floor and all that. But we were doing a, a, a good 80% of the work ourselves. Yeah. Um, and again, thought we were doing great because we didn't know any better, didn't know anything about gross margin or, sure. or tracking any of that stuff sure. at the time. You know, so, and, and I couldn't figure out, like, why, you know, in 2017, I think, I don't even think I had a net profit when I first joined right. in 2017. I think it was it was probably negative. Yeah. Uh, because one of the first things we did was we switched from a DBA to an LLC. Um you know, so it was a pass through, so we could save the fifteen percent on income tax. Right. Um, so that was one of the first things that I learned at at EP two was to switch the the business structure. Yep. Because that was essentially getting double taxed being a DBA. Right. Right. You're right. Um, and then obviously the second thing was just to you know pay pay everybody a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so like the very following week. Um, you know, my accountant set up payroll for the three of us and we all got a paycheck right. out of the company every week. And again, you know, I wasn't as bad off as most people that joined that, that couldn't afford to do that. Sure. Um, but we could, um, only because I've always saved money. Yeah. So I did have a little money stashed away. Sure. Uh, um, 
But you're making so it a real business now. You're not just you yeah, know, living exactly. out of an account. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because I'm like other guys, you know, back then, you know, was give people a discount if they paid cash, da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you didn't have to pay, put it on the books and pay taxes on it. I don't know if I, you can edit that if I'm not supposed to say uh, nah. <laughs> I think everyone knows what happens in, in the contracting exactly. world. Yeah. Everyone does. It. Everybody knows. Know. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's um, but again, you know, if a if you if you don't pay what I know now that I didn't know then was you know it's actually a good thing to pay taxes because it means you're making money. Exactly. If, not, if you're not paying taxes, you're not making money. Right. right. Um, and and being fully on the board above board, you know now you know banks are willing to do business with me where exactly. you know I had a ton of cash in my safe. But on paper, I wasn't making any money, so I couldn't get a business loan. I couldn't couldn't do any of that. Right. right. But once I started running the business properly and putting everything in the bank like you should, mm-hmm. and actually showing a profit, like banks were calling me. Yeah. I, I didn't even need any money, and they were calling mm-hmm. saying, "Hey." Hey, anything we can do for you? I'm like, what, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's, true. No. that's true. And and I know, I don't think you're ever, uh, at least I don't think you're, you're interested in selling, but I know also if, if you would want to sell at one point, you have to be able to show well, someone so that you actually gonna, make money. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm going to hand the business out to my son. I assumed, yes. And what he does with it, that's up to him. Yeah, I sure. just told him, I said, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to pay me anything for the business. Just basically wow. keep me on the payroll till I die. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. And, and, and like I live comfortably. I, I don't. I don't need a lot. Like yeah. I'm not into super fancy things. I don't need a, a million dollar house. Yeah. Me and my wife go on a couple vacations a year. Right. Uh, you know, one of them is coming up. We're going to Expo. Yeah. For sure. We, we, we kind of take the time to to make sure we go to all the expos to a regenerate, you know, regenerate, uh, what do you say? Re-energize. Re-energize, yeah. Um, take a couple days off and, yeah. you know, you get to talk to just a lot of great people. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, you learn, you learn a lot. I mean, I learn more, I think, going out to dinner with people, mm-hmm. um, I learned just as much going out to dinner with people and hanging out at the bar, even even though I don't even drink. <laughs> I, I quit drinking 25 years ago. Yeah. But the last expo we went to, I, I think I was out at the bar till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Tell you, you know, what, drinking, drinking Pepsis. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's the truth. I mean, I've been doing this all a long time, and, and that's where real relationships uh, are made, and, you, and there's a lot of great information being shared. I mean, it's not uncommon, you know, five or six guys be huddled around talking about a situation. Oh, I, this is what I did. I mean, it's really neat. It's really neat to see happen. And, you, and until you're there, you don't, it's hard to, to, to believe people are so open with sharing information, but it's, it's just so, it's one of the best parts of the group. It is. I mean, one of our best friends now, we met at SGI, uh, Larry Shoemaker down in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he was actually in in my EP. Oh, is and, that right? Um, That's funny. Yeah, we just, we just clicked. And, um, you know, so far, we've gone, every year since we've met, we've gone on vacation with um, Larry and his wife, Kim. That's great. Uh, we just got back from Costa Rica with them. The year before that, we went to St. Lucia. Nice. Uh, 
Yeah. So, and, you know, this, this coming year, this coming January, um, if, you know, COVID permits, we uh, plans to go to Portugal. Support for this podcast comes from Bradford White. Bradford White is a full-line manufacturer of residential and commercial water heaters and boilers. While being manufactured and assembled in the USA by American craftspeople, Bradford White's goal is to deliver high-quality and superior products specifically built for the professional contractor. You can always count on the performance and reliability of our built-to-be-the-best products. Visit bradfordwhite.com to learn more. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to my interview with Greg Sheck of GNC Plumbing in Bellingham, Massachusetts. So far, you learned how Greg got into the industry as well as how he battled through losing $200,000 due to being in new construction when the recession hit. But you also heard how Greg began battling back by focusing on residential service and incorporating a few of the principles he learned after joining SGI. Now, in the second half of my interview with Greg, he's going to talk about some of the other operational features of GNC Plumbing, but he's going to really share in depth how he increased the company's net profit from 11% to 24% in just one calendar year. It was a lot of work, but anyone can do what he did. But here's a secret. You have to learn your numbers. So let's hear what Greg has to say by jumping back into the conversation. So let's talk a little bit about um, getting out of the truck. That is such a hurdle for so, so many guys because there's this... You know, you've done it your whole life, right? And and some guys were like they were happy to get out. Others were like it was hard for them to do to 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 do so. What 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 camp did you fall in? Were you happy to get out? I was both. Yeah, I I was happy to get out of the truck, but also scared at the same time. Right, right. So you know, I mean, we we did find um, a good. Um, master plumber that came on. Okay. Because my my first the first guy that I hired, Chris Gogan, you know, he didn't really know anything about plumbing. He was basically an apprentice. Okay. So here we had me, he was a master plumber, and then my son who just got out of college, who's in a basically an apprentice, he didn't have his license. Right. And then um, we hired Chris Gogan who had very, very almost no experience. He mm-hmm. he was um, he did lawn sprinklers. Okay. Okay. So we kind of knew how to put plastic pipe together yeah. under the ground, but that's about it. Right, right. You know, totally different than than mm-hmm. plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then shortly after that, I hired another master plumber who who used to own his own business. His name is Casey. Okay. Um, and you know, he was just his daughter. You know, is I think she was ten, maybe ten at the time, mm-hmm. and um, he was just. Tired of spending every weekend and every night doing paperwork and all that. He wanted to kind of chill out a little bit and, yeah. and have fun with his daughter now that she was growing up and sure and stuff like that. Which you know, I, I was you know really really lucky to find him because he's a great guy. That's great. That's great. So you, how many? At what point did you pull yourself when you when you put the fourth truck on? Did you pull yourself, or you when you when you went to the second or yeah. third? Yeah. So. I actually got out of the truck when when I put my third truck on. Okay. I got out of the truck at truck number three. Okay. Did did you look? I guess did you kind of look at the numbers and go? I think we can make this work. 
Well, yeah, only because I did hire another licensed guy at right. the time, so he he took my truck and I went in the office. Right. Um, he didn't end up working out. Yeah, he, yeah. He was for about nine months, but um, at that point, it, you know, I kind of realized that you know we could do it. Yeah, that I didn't need to be in a truck. Right. Um. My biggest problem is I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do all the jobs. I sure. didn't really have faith in any of my guys. Like, the more complicated jobs, I kind of, you know, would do myself, yeah. so to speak. So I never really knew what what the guys could do. I never really gave them a chance to yeah. to prove that they could do it. Sure. Um, that's the biggest hurdle that you got to get over is wanting to do everything yourself. What 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 was the determining factor to make you get over it? You just bit the bullet and said, "I just, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I guess, just talking to other people in the group. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I lean on Larry a lot. Like me and him talk almost every day or every other day. Yeah. About different stuff and, and that stuff. We we you know Zoom on the weekends. And, That's great. You know that type of stuff, but yeah, Larry's Larry's been a good um, good go to, you know, because his company's a lot lot bigger than mine. I yeah. think he's got twenty five or thirty guys now. Yeah, they're really doing well. They're doing. Well. Yeah, we just had so, him on a couple months know, ago, actually. I do. I asked Larry a lot of questions. He's probably tired of me calling. <laughs> for some reason, he, for some reason, he still takes my calls. Luckily, but yeah, no, that's funny. That's funny. All right. So as you're. Um, as you're adding people, you know, a big thing, you know, we talked about when you first started using the price guide, right? I mean, and, 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 but there's so much, you know, as you know, there's so much more to it. There's, there's inspections and then there's building options off inspections. And, uh, when did you start doing all that stuff, by the way, was that a, a quick ad at, at some point? So yeah, we added, we added doing, doing, um, the inspections pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but it's funny we we couldn't we couldn't get anybody to allow us to do the inspections. Okay. It it, it, it sounds funny, but even well, though they were free, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were included in the dispatch fee. And then you know we were at an expo, and we were actually eating lunch. It wasn't even in a in a session. We were eating lunch, and I was at a at a table with ten other plumbers. Uh, this is pre-COVID, obviously. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> this is probably, you know, beginning of 2018, I would say. Yeah. And one of the ladies at the table, a I, I, you know, young girl, too, um, I had mentioned, I said, you know, what is everybody else doing? I said, no one will let us do the plumbing inspections. She's like, ah. She said, don't call it an inspection. Yeah. People hate being inspected. Right. She said, call it a free plumbing evaluation. Ah, okay. And changing one word. Is that right? Was a game changer. Like, we never got refused after that. Isn't that Ever something? again. Isn't that By changing something? one word. Holy cow. Yep. It, it all so my advice, don't. Call it an inspection. Call it a free plumbing <laughs> or heating evaluation. Yeah, that that's crazy. So it's crazy how what changing one word can do. Wow. And these are the little things that you learn. Yeah. By talking to other SGI members. Yeah. Going to Expo. Yeah. And just putting yourself out there. Ask 
asking questions. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so the light went on there. Did you had you gotten comfortable with building options before that point, or did that I mean, once you got the the evaluation in, installed that 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 said okay now we really got to figure out how to properly build options. Yes, I mean we. We weren't very good at. We weren't very oh, good. Oh no, at, it's it's a, it's a, it's a skill. Um, I, I tell you, going to service essentials really helped a lot. Okay, good. I was going to get into training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We 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 probably didn't really do any options um, before going to service essentials, but luckily, you know, me and my son jumped right on service essentials like pretty quick um, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, my son is probably the, the one that implemented it first, yeah. um, as far as how to do it and this and that. I mean, he, he's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. Um, you know, these millennials, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sorry, good. No, I was gonna say this is a reoccurring theme. He's the one that kind of talked to you in the profit day. He's the one talking to you into the training a little bit. So yeah, yeah I mean, he's got a bright future. If I'm being 100 honest, we yeah. probably wouldn't be where we're at now yeah. if he didn't push me to do half the things that we've done so far. Sure. I mean, he has a lot of good ideas and he has, he has a lot of bad ideas too. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, you can't really figure out that they're bad ideas unless you try it. Sure, sure. No, it's it, it's it's a process. Nothing, you know. This the change is not easy, especially if you're you're not accustomed to doing business a certain way. Um, so, what is uh, what does training look like for you guys today? Uh, do you? I mean, I know COVID's made everything kind of weird, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, we 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 still do training um, every day. Good. Good. On different topics from first thing in the morning. I mean, it's kind of loosening up around here. Like, you know, we're not kissing and hugging each other, but we have <laughs> the same training room. I yeah. mean, we are spread out um, at tables and stuff like that. Right, right. A lot of it, we'll either do videos from the hub or, or we'll, we'll do a lot of YouTube videos, too. Right. On different topics. Um, you know, one of the things I learned, too, is... You know, anytime somebody makes a mistake, it's it's a training opportunity. Yes. Where before I used to just get upset and and all I would see is the dollar signs going out the door. Right, right, right. Um, but now I see it as a training opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, if you can just change your mindset and look at it that way, yes. you're much better off. And your company culture is much better too because. I mean, you can ask my guys. I, I don't really, I, I don't yell at anybody. I don't, like, I want everybody to come in. I want everybody to want to come to work. Right, right. You know, and nobody wants to come to work if they know they're going to get yelled at. Yes, yes. You know, so I just look at it and say, hey, you know, this is what you did. This is the price you gave. You know, now that we know that it's done and it takes this amount of time, try try this way next time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're, they're fine. They're like, okay, no problem. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, yeah. and, and they do. They in in they understand, like, you know, going to SGI and doing all the training, like, you know, one of the biggest things was is, is sharing, like, the numbers with all the guys. But a lot okay. of people don't want to do that. Right. Um, because you're... 
some people look at it as like you're training your guys to go out on their own. Right. So one person said, you know, you know, what if you spend three years training the guy and he leaves? Right. And the answer to that was, well, what if you spend three years not training him and he stays? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you have a guy who works for you who had his own business, and he can testify that it is not an easy thing to do. There's a lot more to it than than what people sometimes think, especially to do it well. Um, it can be, you know, as you know, you're working, you could, at one point, you're probably working seven days a week nonstop until you figure out a system. So um, that's great you share your numbers. So people understand you're not just collecting, if you have an $800 ticket, you're not, you know, you're not paying them X amount and you're just not putting the rest in your pocket. There's a lot of other miles that get fed out of that $800. Right, and, and, and guys don't understand that right. because they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. exactly. You know, they might know how to pro-press a, a piece of copper or, or, you know, glue a piece of PVC. Yeah. But they don't know that you have to pay X amount on workers' comp and liability and, and taxes and, and, you know, marketing and advertising yep. and you know, everything that goes into a business. So we, you know, SGI does an exercise like that at Service Essentials. Mm-hmm. And we did the same exercise back in my shop with everybody. Right. And, and, you know, they're amazed when you write everything down on a whiteboard, how many expenses there are to run in a business. Yes. And how you know, little and then is when left you tie over. it in and, and, and tell your guys, how important it is to maintain a certain gross margin on every job, um, they, they finally get it. And, yeah. and literally, you know, besides my son, um, including myself, none of my other guys went to college. So my son's the only one that went to college. Sure. And I literally tell everybody on their first day at work, like, hey, I'm going to save you four years of college expenses and tell you how business works. Yeah. yeah. You don't need me money. I can't afford to pay you. Right. Right. Literally, that's all you need to know. If you can wrap your head around that, that, you know, you need to make me money in order for me to be able to give you a paycheck. Exactly. You know, and if you want health insurance and a retirement package, you know, all that has to be included in what we charge the customer. Exactly. That money just doesn't come out of thin air. The government's <laughs> not giving me that money to give to you. Right, right. There's no there's no money tree that's getting sh- shaken in the, in the back of the, the shop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? But again, if you don't explain that to you guys, they don't know. They're technicians. They're, yeah. they're, you know. So uh, we're, we're kind of an open book. That's great. And, you know, if any of my guys, like, you know, I, I live by that saying, like Richard Branson is, uh, you know, train your, train your guys so they can leave you, but treat them, you know, well enough that they don't want to. Absolutely. That's great. You know? um, so like you said, I, I'd be the first one to congratulate any one of my guys if they want to leave and start their own business. And, and they're all welcome back if they find out that, you know, that it's not all that, that it was cracked up to be. Sure, sure. For sure. Speaking of uh, your your guys, we're, you know, again, it's, it's, I talk to so many members that don't have as stringent licensing requirements. They can grow, 
they can hire someone completely out of the trade and, and in a couple years they can be running a truck where I know that is certainly not the case for you, but you still have apprentices and see the value there. How, how are you finding people? Uh, is this all word of mouth? Are you running ads constantly? Uh, just on the lookout when you interact with people in public and, and see, looking for good attitudes. What, what are you guys doing? So it's mainly, so all three of my apprentices right now, mm-hmm. um, again, none of them had any experience. Yeah. It, it was funny. When, when my first guy, Chris, um, came to it, he just emailed me out of the blue. I, I wasn't average. I wasn't looking for an apprentice or nothing. And, and I was just kind of blown away by his resume. That, and, you know, um, I just said, I got to meet this kid. Right. So, you know, I called him, set up an interview and, and, you know, when he, when he came to do the interview, I, I was just so impressed. Like he was homeschooled, mm-hmm. um, just a very polite kid. Like his, you know, his parents brought him up the right way. Yeah. He didn't get corrupted by going to public school. <laughs> That's how I put it. I tell everybody that. Yeah. And I felt bad. The first thing I did when I hired him, um, was I apologized to his mother. Oh. Because you know we're we're most likely gonna corrupt him. <laughs> we're promise, you know, yeah, you know. I grew up, you know, roughing houses. You know, where you know he's gonna hear us swear. He's yeah, gonna, <laughs> right, right, right. You know? right. And she just laughed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because he's the type of kid he goes to church all the time. Yeah, um, that type of stuff. So you know, he just has a you know very good attitude and and and. To be honest with you, that kind of opened my eyes that I, I don't really care about how much experience they have. I more want to hire them on their, their attitude. Right. You know, because I've hired 100%. experienced plumbers before, and they just had a bad attitude. Yeah. And, it, you know, um, we had one guy, he lasted nine months, but he was a cancer. Like, mm. No one wanted to come to work, and no one certainly wanted to work with him. Yeah. Um, and but no one would say nothing because there's an unwritten rule, like in the trade, like you know, you don't rat on, you know, a fellow employee. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of like jailhouse. Uh, you know, snitches get stitches type of. Deal. <laughs> sure. Sure. You know, that's kind of kind of how it is with old school trade guys yeah. too. Um. So they, my guys were putting up with this other guy's attitude for a long time, and I didn't know anything about it. Oh, wow. And you didn't even see you know, it. So everyone, I kind of started noticing the guys that were always happy weren't really happy anymore. Hmm. You know? um, and then literally as soon as I get rid of them, um, you know, everyone's attitude changed. Everybody was all happy again. Everybody... You know, um, they volunteered to work harder to make up for, you know, the extra money that this this guy was bringing in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I learned a big lesson that, you know, company culture is, is way more important than, you know, making a few extra dollars. Absolutely. Well, because because really, if you when you have a strong culture, it, the money will will catch up. But if, if, if everyone hates where you're at, where they're at and, and they don't like where they work, it. You're gonna. You're just gonna lose money at some point. At some point, it's gonna be a struggle to, to grow, a struggle to make to be profitable. So, sure, there's an initial pain of separating yourself from even your maybe your best employee who ends up being a cancer. But it, it, in in the long run, it's it's best to part ways. That's that's a right. one big thing for sure. Um, 
How, how are you, you know, you talk, I love the, that you, you, you're open with your, your team about the books and you show where the money's going and, and that makes them realize the importance of each job and that, and that helps motivate them to do well. But, you know, we're all human beings. We're all motivated to, to some degree by money. We all want to make more, more money and, and be more well off. How, how do you comp your, your texts? Are they, are they in a, uh, like an hourly plus some kind of, uh, you know, spiffs or, or do you do, uh, you know, like new comp you know, as, as we have at SGI or, or what do you guys do? So right now the hourly, we do spiffs. Okay. Like they all, they all get, um, a spiff for selling a club membership. Mm -hmm. Um, they get a spiff for a five-star review, review on Google. Okay. Um, they get a spiff for selling bio one drain cleaner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's multiple ways that they can make extra money, and um, you know, if we do good, like I'm not, I'm not greedy. Like I'll just out of the blue flip everybody an extra five hundred dollar cash bonus just because we had a great month. Yeah. Like, um, you know, but I do want to get more on. We've been tracking revenue, and it's been really hot because of COVID. We started. We started a spreadsheet last January, and we were going to switch over from doing spiffs to doing a commission base. Okay. Uh, yep. And I, some of my guys have mixed feelings about sure. it. Uh, sure. Um, you know, some of them they don't want to do that because they. They need to rely on, you know, if they got a house, if they got a mortgage and bills and stuff like that, they need to rely on a, a, a certain paycheck. Yeah. So, like you said, change is scary. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to track it for a few months exactly. and say, listen, this is how much you made by the hour. This is how much you would have made if you were on commission. Yep, that's the way to do it. You know, but then COVID hit. And last March and April were our two worst months oh. of the yep. last four years so i said okay well there goes that out the window i can't prove anything right um you guys would have lost your ass if we were on commission <laughs> right, right 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 um so i turned around and i just i i gave them all this best from january february and march that they would have earned anyway mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but you know now that you know hopefully COVID's getting better. I want to re-examine re that. Sure. Um, because I do believe in rewarding the guys that are working hard and the guys that aren't. It is what it is. Yep, yep. Okay. You know, I, I'm not going to give everybody... I don't believe in giving everybody the same bonus, you know, just because they're there. And I actually just told my guys this, that, you know, your razors aren't based on the length of time that you're here. It's, link, it, it's based on you know, how much money you can make the company, yep. how much revenue you can bring in. Um, and, and I also give them goals. Like two of my guys, you know, need to learn more about high efficiency heating systems. Right. So I just told both of them, I said, you both want to know when your next raise is? Your, your next raise is when you can put in a high efficiency heating system. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, they know we, we stick to, we stick to one brand. Mm -hmm. You know, so I printed the installation manuals for both of them, and I said, "Here, take it home, read the book." You know, the next one that reads the manual and and shows interest in learning, I'll send you with Casey, 
the next installation that he does and you can learn how to do it. And then the next one you can do by yourself. You and so, you know, my son's the one that went home and read the manual and, and, and showed the most interest in it. And it just so happens that he's with Casey today putting in a high efficiency boiler. There you go. Very good. Very good. So, so you're going to have, you know, I understand that that certainly puts a pause on things with COVID, but that's something you're looking forward to. Um, how about, you know, and we'll wrap this up. I know we're, we're hitting an hour and I, I, you probably got things to do, but you've been, this is really good information, Greg, but in, in terms of learning your numbers and coming from where you were, where you were just looking at an account and money going in and going out, and now you're looking at gross margins and, um, are, are you using like a DME? Are you, are you, are you watching every invoice as it comes in and tracking and see where, what, you know, what your, what's getting sold, what kind of options are being offered or how are you keeping an eye on every job? We do. We, so we, um, first we use service line. Oh, great. Which, yeah. So, you know, that pretty much tracks everything for you. If you do it correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, we're, we're trying to get away from paper, paper invoices, yeah. but I already told my guys until they can go, you know, two straight months without, you know, having any errors on their invoices on service line that we're still going to do paper invoices as a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they know that they're doing double, double the work. They have to do it on, you know, the invoices on service line first, and then they have to write a paper one afterwards. And I said, okay, if you want to stop doing double the invoices, do service line correctly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's all you're going to do. Right. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I, I think one of the biggest things is everybody tries to do too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's so much to do. And everyone tries to do too many things at once and never really completing anything. Right. So the first thing that I did um, was I, I didn't focus on focus on increasing my revenue or my top line or any of that. Mm-hmm. I I picked out the things on my profit and loss, you know, based on SGIs, um, KPIs, mm-hmm. where be your two biggest things labor and materials so i focused on them first mm-hmm. and one of the things i mean you can't pay you guys less so the, really the only thing you can do on labor and is you know the, the biggest thing that i did was i i try to keep my guys out of the supply house at all costs perfect Good. because when you have four trucks and you have four guys and what really opened my mind uh, my eyes to that was you know, a local plumber, a good buddy of mine, he's also an SGI member, mm-hmm. um, he texted me a picture of four of my trucks all at the supply house oh. at the same time. He said, somebody's not making any money right oh. now. Oh, man. Yeah. And I looked at the picture and I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. And this was a normal occurrence. My guys would leave the shop in the morning, and all four of them would hit the supply house. Wow. That was like almost a regular daily thing, is you would see all four of my trucks at the supply house first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I'm like, okay, right off the bat, I'm paying four guys for an hour in the morning yep. to literally do nothing to, to go to the supply house. Yep, yep. To walk around and shop, yep. 
So, so what yeah, did you do? And talk to other people and blah, 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 and drink coffee. coffee. And... <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So, so how'd you fix it then? How'd you, how did you just. So, you know, I, 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 I've always dealt with the same guy at Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the time he was a counter guy, he got most inside sales, and now he's actually branch manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dealt with him the whole time basically since 2005. So I developed a really good relationship with him. And I said, listen, I said, you know, I'm pretty loyal. I'm a pretty loyal guy. I said, but I also business is business. I said, you give me good prices and I will guarantee you all my business. I won't shop anywhere else. So we took a while and and I shopped around. I got prices from web. I got prices from other supply houses in the area. Yeah. Just to double check. And, sure. and, you know, once I got my pricing right, then I went and I said, okay, I tracked everything for a year. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, I, I bought 500 half inch 90s last year. Mm-hmm. I said, what kind of discount it can you give me if I buy 500 of them right now? That's great. Yeah. For this year. And he honestly gave me, you know, almost 50% off. Wow. By buying in bulk, so yeah. that really opened my eyes. Like, hey, like if I can afford it, like I the things that we use most often, I need to buy cases of and get a discount. Right, 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 right. Sure. You know, and once I started doing that, I killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. I I, I reduced my material costs by forty to fifty percent yeah. by buying in bulk, and I reduced my labor. Because my guys weren't spending the first hour of the day at the supply house. Exactly. Times four. Right. So you're probably picking up a, a, a job every couple of days or so that they can run. I mean, it really does. It can come down to that. It really can. That's, right. that's great. And so that you think those so those were the two big things that led to the huge profit jump last year. Well, that and I really, I, I wouldn't say I completely stopped doing bathroom remodels, but... Um, I definitely reduced by about 90%. Mm. So me and my son used to do about five bathroom remodels a month. Mm-hmm. And now we do maybe one. Well, I, I'm guessing you just finally said the numbers don't show that we're not making as much money. They don't. They yeah. don't. And I mean, although, you know, you're looking at it that it's a $20,000 job. Yep. But when you break it down, and that's what you really have to do is you have to break it down. Yep. I mean, I, I had maybe a 5% gross margin on a bathroom remodel oh. where I would have, you know, if I just spent that time and sent my guys to a service call instead yeah, and and, and got a 65% gross margin. Uh, that sounds a little better to me. You know? <laughs> um, but again, when you're looking at numbers, everybody's like, oh, no, I need that 20 grand. I need that 20 grand. It's like, no, it's like stop doing the jobs that you're not making any money on. Exactly. They're too focused on the big number. Yes, yes. That's great. And, and rather than the actual number that counts, which is the gross margin. Exactly. Yeah, that no. money, oh, it looks good coming in, but the problem is it doesn't stay for long. It's out, it's out yeah, exactly. the door. By the time you pay the supply house and the electrician and the plasterer and, and the tile guy, I looked at it and, and I was like, okay, I made 150 grand last year in bathroom remodels, but I paid 120 of it out in subcontractors. Right, right. And, and who is managing all the, the subcontractors? You? 
I was. Exactly. So all the, how much so time? I wasn't in the office doing what I should have been doing. Yep. Yeah, it was. Shopping all these numbers. I was going to say, now you had the time to do the deep dive into into your numbers, you know, seeing what materials you're using, seeing where your hours are going. I mean, it's 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 amazing. I mean, it, it really free when you're when you when you have the gross margin, it allows you to do the things you need to do. So, um, good stuff. Well, Greg, this has been highly highly enjoyable. Uh, just wrapping up because I, I don't want to take too much time. But what what are your goals? Um, for the business moving forward the next five to ten years? I know you mentioned you, you want your son to take it over at some point, but you're still a young guy. What what do you hope to do? Do you have certain revenue goals you want to hit, or, or are you just enjoying you know, being profitable and it's steadily growing? So steadily growing, I mean, I, I right now me and my son have talked about it, and neither one of us want to get crazy like, Neither one of us want to be the next milestone electric. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, although we do aspire to be as good as Gus, um, <laughs> um, we just can't even fathom at this point running a business that big. Oh, so I think right now in the next five years, um, we have our sights set on going up to about 10 trucks. That's great. That's a good But idea. at the same time, we are really focusing on maintaining our net profit that's wonderful so you can you can make a lot of money with 10 trucks running very profitably i know a lot of sgi members have done that and uh, have done exceptionally well for themselves so that's a good goal man that's a really good goal and i'm super excited to hear how how profitable you become with with the revenue you're already generating a good number so that's exciting so i guess just any parting words you, you, you would say to any may say members listening that um maybe you're struggling or they're new members and just kind of uh advice to help them along this this journey to to transform their company so i think i mentioned it before is is um you know everybody tries to do a hundred things at once instead of you know the best advice that i got from fbi is find the one thing that makes the biggest impact on your business mm-hmm. and fix that first. Absolutely. Don't do anything else until you have that fixed. Mm-hmm. And again, what worked for me is taking a hard look at labor and materials because if you know, if you know, learn how to read your profit and loss because it will tell you, you know, your pain points in your business. So put some time and effort into learning. And I, and I, I never knew how to read it myself. Like I'm just really, really focused on it this past year Mm -hmm. Um, because before, like you said, we were focused on, on the service fee and the, uh, plumber evaluations and, and all that stuff. But once we get that stuff going good, now it's time to move on to the next step and, and find the one. You always want to find the one thing right. that will make the biggest impact on your business. And, and don't do anything else until you fix that yeah. first. I love it. You found a way to make more money. Now you got to, you found a way to, to keep it more in your pocket. So that, right. that's great. That's great. Well, Greg, again, thank you so much for so much of your time. Just a great story. Really enjoyable to chat with you. A lot of good good nuggets for for those people listening out there. So thank you so much, sir. And I look uh, I look forward to seeing you at Expo in a few weeks. Absolutely, we're excited. And right. uh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you there. All right, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye, Greg.
That's Greg Sheck of GNC Plumbing in Bellingham, Massachusetts, on how he grew his family business to just shy of $2 million in sales at a staggering 24% net profit. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. And remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast brought to you by Rhino Fleet Tracking. Rhino is an industry-leading commercial vehicle tracking company with an array of vehicle and equipment tracking solutions, which provide you valuable data about your drivers and fleets. Their live Texas-based customer service has led them to more than 12 years of success. For SGI member discounts and more information, visit rhinofleettracking.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Aquila Investment Group, LLC, all rights reserved 2021.